Rediscover the 80s, your retro news and talk station. Welcome to the 80s Weekly, the latest retro pop culture news from the world of movies, streaming, video games, collectibles, and more. Here to deliver these headlines and tell you whether they are rad or bad, Jason and Wyatt. From the newly crowned 80stees.com studios, you are listening to the Rediscover the 80s podcast station, and we have a brand new issue of the 80s Weekly to discuss here. It is Jason, and of course, Wyatt is with me. Hey, bud. Hey, yes, we have a new studio sponsor, 80stees.com, and we'll be inviting you to click on over each episode with our 80s Tees of the Week. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you which teas we choose as our favorites a little later in the episode, but we are grateful to be partnering with 80stees.com. Yes, very excited about that, and uh, you'll be hearing from them and seeing uh, links in the show notes to the uh, Tees of the Week that we'll be choosing later in the episode. But uh, issue 15 is upon us, man. Are you ready to go through some headlines? Yes, let's go. So our first uh, headline this week, actually a couple headlines we noticed, and you actually passed along to me, Wyatt. Two iconic houses from 80s movies are now on the market. That's right. (laughs) We have the uh, house from A Christmas Story up for sale. I didn't see a price tag on this one. They're keeping it a little secret, but I think uh, a lot more comes with it other than the house. They have a the Bumpus's house right next door, I believe, goes with it. And uh, there is a little museum, I think. I don't know if it's in the house or maybe across the street that is uh, tied to the Christmas Story house. It is in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, man, it would be fun, to. I've been wanting to take a little pilgrimage there myself, but uh, it would yeah. be fun to uh, buy that thing and be the uh, the curator of all the people that come by and visit it each year i can't remember what the total was on the foot traffic but pretty popular yes it is uh attraction there in cleveland and then the other house is the goonies house which is in astoria oregon of course it's up for 1.6 million dollars wow <laughs> wow it's uh i i can imagine the christmas story house might be over a million just with all the other Right stuff that goes along with it. But the question that I posed earlier in the week was, which one would you rather live in? Would you, and and essentially which era, since the Christmas story was kind of in the 1940s. So would you rather live there in the 1940s or live out there in Oregon on the goondocks in the 80s? That's really complicated because if you're talking about the 40s, mm-hmm. one, we Neither one of us lived in that era, so we can't really conceive of what it was really like. I mean, I can't think of like air conditioning and convenience <laughs> like that were even around. Right. Even in Cleveland, Ohio, you know, you'd think it's a little more temperate. <laughs> but I would argue that it was simpler. Uh, right, right. You didn't have to worry about plus or minus. You wouldn't have to worry about all the technologies and and the headaches that come along with it, like checking yeah. your phone every five seconds because, <laughs> hey, did someone text me? Hey, did, did I get a mention on Facebook or something? Right, you know, right. That kind of thing. At the same time, there was a lot more, I would say, labor-intensive jobs. I'm not saying that there wasn't any desk jobs by any means, but I would imagine there's more labor-intensive jobs than mm-hmm. what we have now. So 
what would we be doing uh, even in a urban environment like Cleveland? Right. Would we be making the next set of cars or would we be working at the railroad that's probably nearby? Who knows? Arguably, you got the Goonies house. It's set in the 80s. That's an era that we both are familiar with. We love, mm -hmm. but neither one of us are at all familiar with the Pacific coast and specifically Oregon. True. I, yeah. I don't know what I've, I actually had to look up Astoria to see where the heck it was. Cause I only know what like Portland and there's another town, Eugene, Oregon, Eugene, mm -hmm. that I sort of know only because I, it's on the maps. Uh, and then when I was out in <laughs> Idaho, I knew Eugene existed because a friend of mine said that they used to vacation there. Nonetheless, it's hard to know because I, it's a toss up. I love my eighties. I'd love to be jamming out to like run DMC and whoever else at the time, <laughs> uh, rather than, uh, it sounds bad, but like bugle music from the forties, <laughs> a big band. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I, for a part of me would just argue, I'd love to have that Christmas story house and live in that era. Just, I would think it would be a little bit simpler, a little safer mm -hmm. than the 80s and even modern day with kids and stuff. You could, you know, almost it's the whole even the 80s concept, you know, if the streetlights are on, you better come on home. <laughs> uh, yeah. How about you? I'm I that was a long-winded answer, but how about you? What <laughs> what is your analysis of the debate? Well, someone on Twitter, I remember seeing a response this week that they would pass on the Christmas story house because there's always uh, trouble with the furnace. So you'd be battling that, that you'd be battling that furnace every winter. I hear but, a clinker. That's right. It's a clinker. <laughs> but uh yeah, I obviously I love my 80s. The heart of that question was, yeah, would you rather live in a simpler time and get all your entertainment uh, huddled around the radio essentially. But yeah, the 80s are my era and the Goonies house out there I don't know how much was filmed. I, I assume a lot was filmed there and not necessarily on a studio back lot, but it seemed like it was more wide open, a lot more to explore. True. You got the ocean there. You know, I'm not thinking I would find a one-eyed Willie's ship uh, sailing <laughs> across the ocean there, but I don't know. I, that seemed like a, a fun place to just go out and explore, ride your bikes and, you know, that whole thing. And they had a fun little shop downtown with the arcade mm -hmm. and, right. and things like that. So the Goonies was my choice, but I you know, do love a Christmas story. And that house is just so iconic. And I just, if all the stuff would go with it, the, the lamp in the window, you know, the, the little uh, cupboard underneath the sink, you could hang out under there like Randy, <laughs> stuff like that. Just, uh, you know. That would still be fun as well to live well, there. I read an article, and again, it could be the from the museum because the angles of the photos. But if I understand it, everything comes with that house, and you actually had to write mm -hmm. like a almost like an essay or a paper on why you should <laughs> be that be the curator be that, be and the person. owner of that yeah. property. So I imagine you have to, whether honest or not, you'd have to come up with a story of your own to say. Oh, right, keep right. everything exactly in the place and make sure that the carpet is the right carpet and you know mm -hmm. have coal going and i don't know you'd have to go sell it to the t to be able to even say okay here's my one million dollar bid you know <laughs> yeah yeah almost interview <laughs> to be That's the, it. the That's next it. owner 
Uh, so we not necessarily doing a rat or bad for that one, but I do have something I'd like to follow up on. And that is last night, speaking of a Christmas story, I watched the Christmas story Christmas that we talked that? about a couple of weeks ago. I would say it's rad. Good. It was um, very fun to see all the characters. I'm not going to get into spoilers, but just uh, fun to see the characters again. Uh, Ralphie has this, uh, I, he has the mindset of the old man. And, and when he's interacting with his kids and when they go out to find a Christmas tree, it's the same deal, you know, give the, the Christmas guy a hard time, make him come down on his price, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, I was smiling throughout. It was just a fun movie to watch. A couple little things that didn't sit right with me as far as the plot goes. And uh, the mom, they made her drink a little bit much. It was a little over the top. Uh, but for the circumstance, you know, I, I can see that. I just didn't like what they did with her character. But uh, overall, it's a fun watch. If you love the original, I think you'll get a kick out of this one. And like I said, I was smiling throughout. There is some genuinely funny parts in the movie. So definitely a, a thumbs up versus a thumbs down or a rad versus a bad uh, rating on this one. Good. So go, make sure uh, you guys check it out this season. I got a little flack for watching it before thanksgiving hit and i'm not usually one to get into christmas before thanksgiving but i saw it drop and i knew we talked about it so i said ah i'll just go ahead and watch it and report back on it so very fun good to know all right let's get on to our next topic streets of rage lionsgate picks up a feature take of sega video game from john wick's Derek kolstad yeah, so Streets of Rage, for those of you who might not remember, is a game that came out on Sega Genesis in the, I guess, late 80s. It might have been early 90s, actually. Very fun, almost like a Double Dragon-type game. Beat them up, and I've always loved the game. I've always loved the soundtrack. Uh, it, and it's, like I said, it's, it's in that vein of uh, Double Dragon, kind of mindless fighting, you know, getting to the next level, get to the boss, beat the boss, and, and keep on going throughout. And uh, just my love of the game, I saw that pop up and was like, this is cool based on they're, they're doing, uh, they're getting the John Wick guy, uh, director or producer, to do that. And John Wick are, are those films with Keanu Reeves. I'm not sure if you've watched any of those, Wyatt. They're very action-packed, and I thought that would that style would fit uh, something like this, this video game being brought to uh, the big screen. So do you have a take on it? Well, I've, I've read the article. I was not too much of the Streets of Rage franchise. I'd played it a couple of times in the arcade, but mm -hmm. uh, either I sucked that bad or I just <laughs> didn't care for it. One of the two, I don't remember. So I haven't been a good follower of this. Uh, it looks like it might be interesting from what you describe. It looks like it would be a fun endeavor, but I will have to defer on to you for that. Have you seen any bad. of the John Wick movies? No, not knowingly anyway. Okay. All right. I've only seen the first one. I think they're up to three now and I, or maybe even four. Uh, and I saw that I think there's another one planned. So it's become a real franchise for Keanu Reeves and, 
just action packed kind of movie. And uh, so I, yeah, I thought this was a, a rad idea and uh, we'll see how it, uh, well, you know, we get to this point where we get the announcements like this and they tie a director to it. And we, <laughs> we know all too well with our beloved mask franchise, how that goes, where announcements don't always necessarily mean they're going to do it. So we will see if this comes to fruition here in the next year or so. So I'm excited about it. All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to finish out this week's headlines on the 80s Weekly. This holiday season, experience the joy of rewatching the same TV specials you watch every year in podcast form. It's the Advent Calendar House, a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. Countdown to Christmas Eve with a new episode every other day in December about a different holiday show. From the must-watch classics to the lost treasures at the bottom of the DVD bargain bin. Learn the answers to questions nobody asked, like, when is a magic hat you throw away no longer yours? How many Muppets can fit inside a farmhouse? How did cavemen know about Christmas? Why is Elf making me cry? Subscribe now at adventcalendar.house and get 12 episodes every December. But that's not all. You'll also get 12 more episodes during Christmas in July. Why am I talking like a car salesman? It's a free podcast. It's the Advent Calendar House, a podcast on the internet. It's the Advent Calendar House. Welcome back to the 80s Weekly, coming to you from the 80stees.com studios. It's time for the 80s Tees of the Week. What do you have, Jason? Yeah, so uh, this is a fun little segment. We are going to pick, a, each of us are going to pick a t-shirt from the 80stees.com. Well, they got more than t-shirts, too. They've got, uh, I've actually bought a hockey jersey from there. It's the, really? <laughs> it's the Marty Moose with the Griswold on the back of it, you know, for Christmas vacation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I bought that a while back because I just had to have it. So they've got more than just, and I think they've got little, uh, you know, p- merchandise and uh, things as well from time to time. So uh, make sure you just explore that whole site. But we're going to pick a tea each week, and it's going to be our feature tea of the week. And uh, this time I picked, I sometimes like T-shirts that are a little more subtle in their message. So they're not necessarily blasting you with uh, a big picture of Mario or something. I like the little nod to a movie that you sometimes have to think about and, and figure out. So I picked the Chop Suey Palace Company T-shirt, and they've actually got a couple of them. One with the uh, the duck on there, ready for its head to chop off, you know. <laughs> right. But there's a red one with the like the Golden Palace logo that I just thought was fun and a nice little nod to a Christmas story, you know, without being blasted with Ralphie in a pink bunny outfit, which they do have <laughs> as well. But so that's my pick for uh, tea of the week. What about you? Mine is, it comes with a green background, have a macho Christmas and it's macho man, Randy Savage <laughs> with his red kind of, I'll call it a leather jacket looking thing, except it has the strands, you know, that's hung off of his arm uh-huh, uh-huh. and it uh, looks like green wraps around his hands. And it, for me, it's just a fun take. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage uh, passed some time ago, but yeah, the way he always said something about Macho, he did always have a some kind of phrase when I remember the WWF back in the day. Mm-hmm. And just just scrolling through, there's like you said, there's plenty of other attire there that probably is more fitting 
you got the snow miser and some other things, uh, you know, mm. uh, Snoopy. But this just looked funny because you had this have a macho Christmas. It just seemed <laughs> comical to me, and I liked it. Step into a Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do a Macho Man impression, but uh, yeah, there's plenty of just kind of off the wall Christmas themed t-shirts over there too. So good choice, man. Good choice. And we're going to put uh, links to both of those in the show notes. So you can click on over and check them out yourself. And uh, like I said, we'll be picking a uh, 80s tea of the week, both of us for each episode moving forward. So that was very fun. And uh, let's go ahead and get on to our third headline. Bill and Ted's princesses get their own comic in Opus, February 2023. Yes. So, of course, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Very fun movie from Mm the 80s. I think maybe 87 or 88 in there somewhere. And, uh, of course, we got uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I've only watched a couple times. That, I think, came out uh, just a few years after that in the 90s. And then, was it just last year we got Bill and Ted's third movie? I think it's been Uh, two years now. Has it? I did not watch it or have not watched it yet. Have you? No, it's one of those I that's on my checklist of to-dos to watch. I was kind of, I don't know, up and down about revisiting bill and ted again but this was really fun so taking the comic book world of course that you can just do anything with and they are featuring the two princesses from bill and ted this is called uh bill and ted roll the dice and uh they're putting the the two uh, ladies Mm -hmm. at the forefront of the comic so it's not a huge, like Bill and Ted is not a huge uh, franchise or anything by any means. I mean, they've got three movies out there, but not a whole lot of characters outside of them. And, uh, oh gosh, he was the, the guy that takes them there. Um, Rufus, outside of Rufus, you know, and then the, you had the two princesses that they interact with during the movie. And uh, to make it build a story off of them, I thought was fun. I think this is just a four issue uh, series they're going to do, but still fun nonetheless. Yeah. Well, reading the article, it looks like it'd be fun. Uh, I'm not as much into comics, but I think this would be a great send off for them um, because, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, even modern day, there's still more of a, a male genre characters. And obviously, for me, I get you know I get typecast. If you if you star mm-hmm. males, I'm gonna pick the males as it should stay that role just for that reason. But I like that they're adding the you got Joan of Arc right and and uh, there's so, <laughs> well, there's yeah. a few other ladies. I'm reading the article anyway. There's just a number of girls there, and I like that because you get to see the other side. I haven't read the article or I read the comics rather, but. It yeah. looks like it's another side to the tale that we may not have known or obviously didn't see with the two movies, actually three movies rather, uh-huh. have portrayed the lead, obviously, Bill and Ted. So it's kind of a role reversal as I'm reading the uh, official tagline here. And this comes out in uh, December this year. It says, uh, after they escape medieval England, but before they changed the world as wild stallions, Princess Joanna and Elizabeth 
were shown the ins and outs of 1980s America with Rufus as their excellent guide. Plus, there's a daring tale of Joan of Arc in the comic as well. So, yeah. So instead of, you know, Bill and Ted going from the 80s back to the medieval times, it's them coming forward in time to the 80s to hang out. So this should be really fun. Yeah. I'm saying rad on this one. Same here. I'm saying rad on this one. That moves us on to number four. So we're ending on a kind of a somber note here, but uh, still fun at the same time. So back, I believe maybe in April, was it? April John, 3rd of yeah, 2021. John Paragon passed away. And John most notably was Jombi the genie on Pee Wee's Playhouse. And there was this uh, fundraiser actually that was uh, headed up by actor Paul Rubens, of course, Pee Wee Herman. He came up with this idea to lay him to rest in this specific urn that looks like his box <laughs> on the Pee Wee's Playhouse show. And the uh, GoFundMe little fundraiser that he headed up uh, actually raised more than $14,000 to do this. So they made this urn to put his ashes in. That is just glorious. You've got to see yes. this picture if you haven't yet. Look in the uh, 80s weekly because the picture is there. But uh, it's his little house or little box there. And it's, there's a picture of John B's head with his tongue sticking out. It's just hilarious to me that they would do something like this. Yeah, this is awesome. Fantastic tribute. I mean, think of all the other actors, actresses that have left. And many of them are remembered for a key highlight uh you think of the three stooges obviously that's all they did was three stooges mm -hmm. uh caesar romero he was primarily known as the joker back in the the batman era i'm sure he's done countless other shows and so forth but he's always known as the joker and here you got john paragon who i didn't even know who he was except for playing on Pee Wee's playhouse as jombie obviously mm -hmm. that is who he's best remembered for and this dedication here to put him in this this custom urn really is a tribute and it's awesome it's really awesome i i, I love hear, hearing him say mecca like a high mecca hiney ho you know <laughs> yeah that was always fun and wish did someone say wish uh, right yeah uh, it was always fun to have him and he was always a delight very i don't remember i've gone through the entire series now and i don't think i've ever seen him on a uh, you know, the character play a somber or sour note of any type, you know, he's right, always yeah. happy, gleaning, ready to go for, for Pee Wee's wish or whomever's <laughs> wish that said it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's funny in a way, cause I'm reading the last of the article here, the last paragraph here, where his ashes were stored by actress Cassandra Peterson, who played Elvira. Right. Yeah. I just was and, seeing that too. And she was the one who came up with the idea for the Jambe box with Paul Rubens, obviously Pee Wee Herman. So it was those two together that came up with this box. But it's just funny how a fellow, uh, I'm sure they were friends. Obviously, she wouldn't have come up with this, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, I would say that they're friends. If not, they were perhaps they played on uh, roles somewhere along the line. Uh, we'll have to look at their it's actually in the article. She, uh, uh, John actually wrote uh, some of, yeah, he was working with her on uh, some of numerous Elvira projects. He was also writing episodes for Pee Wee's Playhouse and he co-wrote the Christmas special as well. 
Oh, there it is. And yep. Yep. they were, uh, he was actually nominated for an Emmy for that. But yeah, so he, along the way, it seems like he was helping her out with several appearances and shows. And then, of course, writing for Pee Wee. And it says here he was also connected with uh, the late Phil Hartman. And let's see what else. He had a, uh, I think, a comedy, uh, an improv group that he started called the Groundlings. So that's where I guess he got connected with uh, Pee Wee and with Phil Hartman. But yeah, it's just neat that, you know, somebody you work with all those years and he did have some other roles I'm reading in here. He was, there was a couple on Seinfeld called Bob and Cedric, and he played Cedric in that particular uh, episode or series of episodes on Seinfeld and a few other things on here. There's a children's movie and then, uh, another film, Echo Park, that he was in. But uh, obviously, Jombi was his uh, most notable character on screen, at least. And to uh, put together something like this, it's just fun. You know, if you're going to mm-hmm. play a character like that, and uh, I don't know if it, there was anything necessarily written in his will to do something like this, but uh, to tribute him and, and thank him to have that. I'm not sure where he's sitting. Uh, it, his sister is mentioned in the article. So maybe uh, his ashes are with his sister, but uh, it's just a fun, fun way to go. Nonetheless. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, definitely rad on this one. Uh, I'm sure you are, too. From Yes, rad. Uh, we have yet to disagree on one, I think. So <laughs> we're off to find some headlines. So I, I think the last episode we had, a, you know, uh, I can't remember what the topic was, but you were leaning rad. We were both kind of more in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's still all in good fun and uh, would love to get uh, your impressions and comments. So tell us rad or bad on these headlines. And we've got many more in issue 15. A, a few more. Do you can check out the movie Escape from New York, which I've actually only seen one time. Just not a franchise. Uh, there was another one, a sequel Escape from L.A. that I have yet to watch. Uh, with Kurt Russell as the star. And I believe that was a um, from director John Carpenter there. Just uh, have not connected with over the years, but uh, they're going to bring that back. Also this week, you can uh, get some more details on the plot for Indiana Jones 5. Uh, talking about the uh, the enemies, The uh, it sounds like he's going up against the Nazis again. So that's always a good thing. Uh, you also a so long to Kimberly Heron who had a small part in Ghostbusters and larger parts in music videos like ZZ Top's Legs. She passed away this week, and uh, some people were throwing tributes out there along the way. And there's a fun look back at the 80s through roadside billboards. I was looking through these, Wyatt, and uh, there's a lot of restaurants in these, so you get to see old billboards of Taco Bell and Hardee's and Burger King, McDonald's and uh, old car dealerships (laughs) all those uh, old cars up there so very fun uh post that i found this week so make sure you check that out and uh, do some rediscovering as you click through the 80s weekly so uh, i think that's going to do it for this episode again would love your feedback and uh we will uh, catch you next time yes and thank you for joining us here in the 80stees.com radio studios Thanks for listening to the 80s Weekly. For more headlines direct to your inbox, subscribe to the newsletter by clicking the link in today's show notes. 
also find the Tell B voicemail link to leave your feedback on today's headlines. Come back next week for more retro pop culture news on the 80s Weekly.